0: welcome to another edition of the Men in Tights podcast. I sincerely hope you're having a lovely weekend and that your week coming up will be even better. And make sure you subscribe to the Men in Tights podcast, as I always say, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And please follow me on Twitter at IamFostitude for any and all future podcast information. On this episode, it's my usual pay-per-view recap show, I'm talking about what went down at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view this past Sunday, as well as uh, recapping the first night of the WWE Draft that happened on SmackDown just an hour ago, recording this on Friday night, and I'll also be discussing this week's episode of AEW Dynamite and the premiere episode of NWA Power. That's enough rambling, let's get right into this thing. All right, Hell in a Cell. Now, I just want to say that I actually thought that the pay per view overall it was it was a decent pay per view, and I was ready to come on here and give it a mostly positive review. But then that main event happened, and I will right, we'll get to that. Um, man, we did have uh, a vs. versus Lacey Evans on the kickoff show, but I didn't watch it. I don't care. <laughs> And but we p- kicked off the show with uh, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks rather, which was my favorite match of the entire pay per view. Uh, there was a lot of unique spots, particularly the uh, steel chair in the corner that was held by the kendo sticks, Uh that uh, Becky uh, propped Sasha Banks on it, and as uh, she did the running uh, drop kick off the apron, and that one was a particularly cool spot, as well as the the Beck sploder uh, from the from the top rope where all the chairs were piled in the middle of the ring, um, you know I really really enjoyed this match. Uh, the way they were building up, I thought there was gonna be a moment where they would have been outside the cell, like climbing on top of it, because uh, at the beginning of the match, uh, Becky did grab the um, the chain that was supposed to lock the door and did use that on Sasha. But you know, of course, they eventually just kept it inside. But still, it was a Really great match. Uh, Becky Lynch retained, of course, and then Sasha went away, you know, crying. And from what I'm hearing, she's actually uh, currently injured. Though I'm not too sure about the details. I don't. I try not to read too many of the dirt sheet reports of a lot of this stuff. So whatever the injury is, I hope she recovers soon, uh, and that we will get to see more of her very soon. Yeah. And then we had a uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan uh, versus Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, which was also a very good match, uh, it saw uh, Brian and Reigns, uh, of course, winning the match, um, and they did, Brian did tease that he, he was going to turn on Reigns after the match um, by refusing to shake his hand after he offered it to him, but instead he, Brian offered a hug, which Reigns did accept, because I guess Daniel Bryan's a good guy again, which, I mean, that's fine, cool. I love Daniel Bryan, but I was really really enjoying him being a bad guy, being the heel, the I'm better than all of you because I'm an environmentalist heel. Uh, Maybe they'll go back to that. We'll see. And then we had Randy Orton versus Ali, which was another last minute match that they added on here, which was, was a very good matchup. Oh, surprisingly very good. Well, not surprisingly. It was just a very good match. Um... The highlight of the match for me, and I'm sure it was for a lot of people, was the unique counter to the RKO with Ali doing like a handstand uh, when Orton tried to hit him with the RKO, and he did a handstand, push himself back a little bit, and tried to roll him up for a pin. Um, but then, of course, you know he tried to uh, Orton kicked out, and then he tried to get Orton again with his move, and then Orton caught him with an RKO for the win. So, yeah. And then we had the women's. Uh, tag team title match. Uh, it was interesting, but I enjoyed it a lot. And, uh, the Kabuki Wars came out on top, of course. And but what I really loved about it is that how that they worked the match as heels. But it was like it wasn't like they were building up a heel turn. It's just they just did it. You know. But and I especially loved that Oscar uh, used the green mist to get the victory for this match. And um, and I'm hoping we're going to see her use it a lot more because it's just perfect for this new version of the Kabuki Warriors. Um, then we had the Viking Raiders with Braun Strowman, who as a mystery partner, taking on the OC, which was another last-minute match that they added to the pay-per-view. Because remember, right up until you know, right up until when I did my podcast last week with the predictions, they had only had four matches: the you know Universal Title, Raw Women's Title, SmackDown Women's Title, and then the you know. Rowan and Harper versus Brian and Reigns. You know they added all these matches the like the day of, and it's just like hopefully they won't do that again. I right? because I hated that they did that because none of these ma- none of these matches meant anything. <sighs> you know. but yeah, we had Viking Raiders and Strowman against the OC. Uh, it was it was a good match, nothing special, but Strowman and Raiders won. Uh, but my favorite moment was actually after the match. Uh, when AJ Styles uh, brilliantly, brilliantly saw the after effects of getting knocked out by Strowman, he tried to hit him with the phenomenal form, and Strowman just boom hit him right there. And then when Gallison and Anderson picked him up to try to take him, you know, back to the locker room, you know, Styles was you know selling it so brilliantly, and Gallison and Anderson had to remind him like, oh, it's it's today's Sunday, you know, we're in San Francisco. Uh, I I, 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 get, I laughed at that. It was it was so funny. It's so just. I I love AJ Styles. Moments like this are just reminding me of why I love him so much. And then we had Chad Gable against King Corbin for, I think at this point it was the third time. Um, And Chad Gable finally defeated him, and we all loved that. It was a very good match. Probably Gable's best singles match on the main roster in a very long time. Um, but before the match, uh, Corbin as King declared that Chad Gable would from now on be known as Shorty Gable, and yep, they're going to stick with it, which, I mean, if you already saw SmackDown, you know that, but yeah, when Gable won the match, they announced him as Shorty Gable, and I mean, I hate it, I really do, I hate that they're actually doing this, but that doesn't change the fact that Gable is still a great wrestler, and I want him to get it. A good push towards a singles championship, I, and I hope he will get that very soon. Uh, and then we had a uh, Charlotte Flair uh, against Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, where Charlotte Flair became a ten-time Women's Champion, but really she's an 11 time champion if you you know count the if you're like me and you count the Divas title as well. When she defeated Bailey in a good but not great, could have been better match. Um, And I'll get to that a little more later when I cover SmackDown. Um, And then we arrived at our main event. (laughs) The Universal Champion Seth Rollins defending against The Fiend Bray Wyatt. (laughs) Um, The red lights for this match was an interesting choice. Uh, I was very confused. Not sure why they were doing it. But as a big Attitude Era fan that I am... Uh, it reminded me of the early months of Kane's arrival in WWE, where a lot of his matches and segments were covered in the red light. Uh, eventually, that would change, of course, but you know, it was it, it was it was a nice little nostalgic moment for me. And the match itself, at least to me, I feel was on track to be a great match. Like, you know, like they were building it up right, proper with Bray Wyatt, no selling everything. Uh, like a beast and we all loved it. Like it Rollins was hitting him with pretty much everything and you know, curb stop after curbs. Like I think like after five curb stops, Rollins went for the pin and he went he kicked out at one. You know, and that was awesome. You know, and we were all just lit like on the edge of our seats, just thinking like, ooh, you know, he, he's gonna he's he's gonna win. He's gonna win. he's gonna be Universal Champion <sighs> But then the referee decided that Seth had gone too far and ended the match with concern for Bray Wyatt's health and well-being. <laughs> it's a hell-in-a-freaking-cell match. <sighs> Mick Foley literally almost died in his hell-in-a-cell match with The Undertaker, and he finished the damn match. But Seth Rollins went too far. Jesus. <sighs> <sighs> And that's why on Raw they never they they didn't mention it except for just one moment and then just quickly went past it like it never even happened. You know, they they've been trying so hard to like pretend that that ending did not happen, because oh, fans, even watching the live broadcast, fans booed the hell out of that ending. You know, they were chanting. That they were ch- they were chanting that they wanted reef they wanted refunds they were chanting for AEW and you know what I do not blame them because in that moment I was so filled with rage and just argh. it was probably the first time that I felt genuinely legitimately pissed off by WWE booking I really was <sighs> but I mean just but like I said I was ready to come on here and give the pay per view a mostly positive review but that ending just ruined it for me and for everyone Ugh. I mean, I'm over it now but still the bad taste lingers <sighs> and normally this is where I would jump onto recapping Monday Night Raw but I'm actually going to skip the recap for Raw because other than the last woman standing match between Lacey Evans and Natalia, which really surprised me with how much I enjoyed it, how good it was the rest of the show was forgettable and honestly very boring. I really do not want to waste everyone's time talking about it, so let's move on. Are you ready for a good All right, Friday night SmackDown. We had the first night of the WWE draft, and unlike previous drafts that WWE had for Raw and SmackDown. This one was going to be controlled by the networks. We had USA Network controlling the drafts for Raw, and then Fox drafting for SmackDown, which was you know different and unique, and I like that. Yeah, and then the show kicked off with Roman Reigns representing SmackDown taking on Seth Rollins representing Raw, with the winner getting the first draft pick for their respective brand. And it was a solid match, which is to be expected whenever these two are in the ring. That was eventually ended when The Fiend came out from under the ring to surprise Rollins with a mandible claw, pulling him into the hole in the ring. And Of course, we all loved it. We all cheered the hell out of it. It was awesome. Because we love Bray Wyatt, we love The Fiend, and we only want great things for him. Uh, But this resulted in a DQ victory for Rollins, earning that first-round draft pick for Raw, And then the first round of the draft commenced with Stephanie McMahon arriving on stage to make the announcement. And the first round draft picks for Raw were Becky Lynch, The O.C., and Drew McIntyre, which, I mean, even though up to this point Becky was still technically a SmackDown superstar, the rest of them were all on Raw all the time, so it's not really, you know, much of a thing. But then the first round draft picks for SmackDown were Roman Reigns, who, if you remember, was part of SmackDown this entire time, but barely showed up and now bray wyatt yes bray wyatt is now part of smackdown uh for the first time i think in two years so, uh, yeah for the first time in two years so that's pretty cool we'll see how that goes and uh, then we follow this up with king corbin versus shorty gable and again i still can't believe that they're actually doing that with chad gable but there we go this was This one was a pretty good match but you know not really surprised at this point because all their previous matches have been very good this one saw corbin score a victory with the end of days and then stifton mcmahon returned for the second round of the draft and the second round picks for raw were randy orton ricochet and bobby lashley uh two of those have been on raw for the past five months so Not really much of a change there, and then the second round picks for Smackdown were Sasha Banks and Braun Strowman, which they have not been on Smackdown, uh, I think since the brand split happened in 2016, so it'll be cool to see what they can do on the blue brand now. And then we had a Brock Lesnar and Paul Hammond promo, which uh, they're always great. And then eventually, this was interrupted by Rey Mysterio and Cain Velasquez, uh, where they showed images on the Titantron from the UFC fight, uh, f- uh, from UFC twenty one twenty one rather, uh, from between Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar, of course, with Velasquez declaring that he'll give Brock Les- Brock a scar under his right eye to match the one that he gave him under his left eye. And when they showed the images of that, it, usually they'll you know gray out the images that have blood on WWE but they did not do it for this one, and and that cut looked bad. Seriously, now, I'm honestly surprised that Brock didn't have any vision problems as a result of it because that was a bad cut. It was like like you it was it was a big enough cut that you could have fit an entire finger in there. And that's how bad it was. <sighs> it looked gnarly, but it was cool. Um. And then they followed this with uh with their usual you know Susan G. Komen segment featuring the this time featuring the New Day and two breast cancer survivors who uh, were sisters and they were presented with special custom pink women's championships. Uh, you know this was nice. You know I really enjoyed it. I these these segments are always a nice little heartwarming way to you know break the the flow of the show and even things out. And then the New Day made their ways to the ring uh, for their match with the OC, which I'm honestly surprised we have not had not seen before this before this night. But you know that's fine. I don't mind it at all. Good for them. And um, uh, I mean, it was a good match, but shorter than expected. With the New Day, you know, winning after a trouble in paradise by Kofi to AJ Styles. Uh, and then Stephanie returned for the third round of the draft and the third round picks for Raw we saw were Alexa Bliss not really surprised she's been on Raw for like a year now um, uh, Kevin Owens returning to Raw after Bull Base showing up like back in April for the you know original shakeup and Natalia who again has been on Raw for a little over 2 years now so what's the difference and um, then the third round picks for SmackDown were Lacey Evans and The Revival. So cool that The Revival are joining SmackDown officially because they're the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. <laughs> And then Lacey Evans officially being a member of SmackDown after being on Raw mostly for the last six months. So that's cool. And then we had the fourth and final round of this night of the draft with fourth round picks for Raw being the Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, and officially joining the main roster, the Street Profits. So that'll be cool to see them finally doing something on the shows. And then the fourth round picks for SmackDown, Lucha House Party, and Heavy Machinery. Uh, so that's cool that they're... You know, Lucha House Party are getting to be on SmackDown now and Heavy Machinery get to stay on SmackDown. And we concluded the show with SmackDown Women's Title Rematch between Charlotte Flair and Bailey. Um, and during Bailey's entrance, you know, it started out you know us- you know like the usual Bailey entrance, and then suddenly everything went silent. Bailey removed her hoodie, showing off a new, shorter hairstyle. And then she took a pickaxe looking Device, and proceeded to destroy her signature inflatable Bailey buddies. An interesting character development, to say the least. But whew, damn, she looked hot. <laughs> Seriously, she was. I mean, I've I've always loved Bailey, um, but just and I always thought that she was hot. But just, mm, she's now she's just like extra hot to me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, to me, this match between. Bayley and Charlotte, this was the matchup we should have gotten at Hell on a Cell because it was a hard-hitting fight, and that is what I want to see more of from the women of WWE, and I hope, hope that we will going forward. And then surprisingly, at least it was a surprise to me, Bayley regained the SmackDown Women's title after catching Charlotte with a small package pin, and she now has a new theme song, too, so that's cool. I wonder what it's called and when they'll eventually release it publicly. Same thing with the O.C.'s theme. When are they going to release that public? And Cesaro. Th- those are three themes that I want them to release ASAP. Uh, then after the after she got the victor, she cut a very quick promo just saying, and I quote, Hey bitches, screw all of you. And then she walked out. Uh, like I said, I, I already loved Bailey, but now I am, I think I'm in love with her now. Like Wow. Ugh. And so ends the first night of the WWE draft, and so far I'm feeling pretty optimistic about these picks, and I'm liking, you know, the placement of some superstars So on on Raw and the superstars on SmackDown, yeah, but it's not over, we still got the day two, the draft happening on Monday, uh, and I will do a short podcast recapping the uh, final picks of the draft that are happening this Monday on Raw, that will be live on Tuesday, so we'll be on the lookout for that. You know, but yeah, this was a very good, you know, first night of the draft, and, you know, what I really liked about it is how, you know, they treated the whole episode, this whole episode with the draft, like a real sporting event by featuring a lot of the Fox Sports personalities. I felt that that was a very nice touch. It added some legitimacy to the presentation. But what I loved, what do I love the most about the WWE draft? The end of the wildcard rule. Oh, finally, after five months of the dumbest thing WWE had done in a very long time. The wild card rule is finally dead and buried and I am so happy and may God please do not ever bring it back. It was stupid. We all said it was stupid from the beginning because it was just the same five people all, all the time. Nothing was different. We all hated it. I'm glad it's over. And that is the end of the first night of the draft. I'll be back next week for night two of the draft, and let's move on to the next segment. Episode two of AEW Dynamite. We kicked it off with the first match of the tournament to crown the first ever AEW World Tag Team Champions. It was Private Party taking on the Young Bucks. uh, and a very fast-paced, high-impact match that all of you should go out of your way to check out ASAP, uh, that saw Private Party being the first team to advance in this tournament. Uh, And then we had a nice little promo from uh, Chris Jericho in his stable of Sammy Guevara, Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager, now officially known as the Inner Circle. Now, it's not the first name I would have gone with, but hey, it's something. It's It's not the worst name either, you know? And they already got a T-shirt available on Pro Wrestling Tees, so go get one if you want one. Um, and then the next match that we featured on here was Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc, uh, with the stipulation that the winner would face Chris Jericho in a World Championship match this coming Wednesday, October sixteenth on AEW Dynamite. And this was another hard-hitting fight, as we all expected from these two, because these two they do not play around when they're in the ring. Uh, and this one saw Darby Allen victorious. Uh so we shall see how he does going one on one with Le Champion, Chris Jericho next week on AEW Dynamite. And then uh uh Bay B priestley is it B or i I don't know. B Priestley and Emi Sakura versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rio was up next, and this was a fun match. I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> and I absolutely that's why I absolutely love Britt Baker. she might be my favorite uh, women's wrestler on on AEW right now and she will be AEW women's champion within the year that is my promise and guarantee I guarantee by this time next year she will have been a women's champion at least once (laughs) um but as of right now, she, you know, that's going to be put on the back burner because she has her feud with uh, with Priestley that's build, been building up. So that's probably going to be a nice match at uh, AEW Full Gear. As well as Amy uh, Sakura and Ryo. Uh, they have a built-in story because uh, Sakura was the tr- one who trained Ryo, apparently. So they'll probably have a match uh, either in the coming weeks on Dynamite or maybe at Full, at full Gear. We shall see. And then up next, we had John Moxley versus Sean Spears. And this was a very, very good match. I saw Moxley pick up the victory with his Paradigm Shift finisher. And I just want to say, I'm so happy to see Moxley and Spears have the creative freedom that they now are able to use. Because they are doing so much better. I mean, as much as I love them as Dean Ambrose and Ty Dillinger in WWE, they were really severely creatively held back. So they're doing much, much better now. And I'm glad. Um, before this match, Old Joe Pac, uh, formerly Neville in WWE, uh, joined JR, Shivani, and Excalibur for commentary. He was venting his frustrations with not being used on the show and let everyone know that nobody on the AEW roster was on his level. So, you know, he's still, you know, being the proper arrogant bastard that he is, So, which I love. Um, and then Kenny Omega, after the match, uh, arrived with uh, a barbed wire wrapped baseball bat and a barbed wire wrapped broom because, you know, he's the cleaner, remember? And then he tossed the bat over to Moxley because he was ready to fight him then and there uh, and said he was taken out by Pac with a steel chair to the back of the head. And now, what does this all mean? I have no idea, but what we do know is that there's going to be a uh, tag match on uh, Dynamite next week. Uh, It's uh, Moxley and Pac taking on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I believe that's the match. Uh, Either way, Hangman Page is in the match, and it's Moxley and Pac teaming up. That's all I remember. Uh, That'll be a fun match for sure. And then we had our main event of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes and Adam Page. Speaking of Hangman and Page. And this was another very good, fast-paced, hard-hitting fight from start to finish. That saw Jericho and Guevara getting the W in the end. And then Cody showed up to take out Jericho, only to get overpowered by the rest of the inner circle. Um, And then MJF showed up. and then they teased him turning on Cody, but instead he proved his loyalty to his BFF Cody by nailing everyone else with the steel chair, and then the Bucks showed up to even the odds, and then finally, in what I thought was just a brilliant little moment, Darby Allen came skating down the ramp, and then jumped up and took Jericho out with a flying clothesline. That That was just cool. Now we close the show with Le Champion proclaiming that he will take out Cody at full gear, and he will do the same to Alan on the on Dynamite next week. And uh, on the Jericho's YouTube channel, he said that he was going to, uh, you know, because it's going to be in Philadelphia for this episode, this coming episode, that <clears throat> that in their match it will be a Philadelphia street fight. So. That I am very much looking forward to seeing. That's going to be a fun match for sure. How far they're going to go with it being on network TV. I don't know. But that's fine by me. I'm enjoying it. And overall this was a much better show than last week. At least it was to me. However I still have my issues. The lack of rules being enforced by the referees. Still is a big issue for me. The biggest example I can give is Tully Blanchard blatantly interfering in the Spears vs. Moxley match right in front of the referee, and the referee did absolutely nothing about it. And even JR commented on it, saying pretty much the same thing that I'm saying right now. Like I said last week, if they're serious about presenting AEW like a legitimate sport, then these things need to be handled better. They need to be more consistent. They need to disqualify when disqualification is warranted, And be consistent in that. But still, great episode, better than the first one. I'm looking forward to seeing what they got next week. and then this one that i actually had forgotten until i watched it this past tuesday it was the premiere episode of the nwa power and that's power p o w e r r r why there's three r's i don't know but that's their name and i guess they did it that way so they can trademark it and i got a sneeze or at least i feel it hold on <sighs> and here i go again <coughs> Don't worry, I did not sneeze into the microphone, because I'm not disgusting like that. But anyways, yes, we had the premiere episode of NWA Power, uh, the one-hour wrestling show on YouTube, uh, with a very old-school 1970s, 1980s NWA presentation with present-day wrestling talent. And the intro was very old-school, which I very loved. Um, The studio is... Literally like a recreation of the old NWA TV studios that were from the 70s and 80s, uh, and and then even they even had the old ring apron with the, with the bl- like the light blue and then the plain NWA letters on the side. Uh, I, lo- I love that it's like you know such an old school you know wrestling promotion you know feel to it. I really love that. And then the first match to kick off the premiere episode of NWA Power was the Dawsons versus uh, Sal I think that's how it's pronounced, and Billy Buck. I have no idea who any of these guys are, but then again, that's the point of this show. For fans like myself, who up to this point, had not been able to watch any NWA shows, so... I do enjoy that, getting to see people that I've never seen before. Um, it was a basic, you know, semi-squash match, but I still enjoyed it very much with the Dawson's coming out on top. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of those guys going forward. And, and we also had uh, the NWA World's Tag Team Champions, the Wild Cards, which is the team of Royce Isaac and Tom Latimer, formerly Bram in TNA, uh, taking on what I perceive to be the obvious jobber team of Danny White and Mims. Yes, that's right, Mims is the name. And the Wild Cards, of course, won, and then cut a post-match promo of uh, Interrupted by Eddie Kingston and then eventually his Outlaw Inc. partner, homicide and obviously they're gunning for those tag team titles and i can't wait to see where this rivalry goes and then this was eventually you know kind of interrupted but this other guy that came out uh joseph some joseph farias or something like that again another person that i'm not familiar with but you know that's why i'm glad i'm watching this show so i get to see people i've never seen before uh calling out storms and bring where's storm bring out storm and eventually james storm who is the nwa national champion he answered his call and they brawled and chased each other all around the studio which was that was a lot of fun And the usual wrestling thing they had the agents and producers coming out uh, and crimson from if you remember him from tna he's one of the agents and producers that that came out so that's cool i, I guess he's then i'm guessing he's retired i, I had no idea that he had, he had retired if that's the case so but good for him he's he's an agent for nwa so that's that's awesome and also, Eli Drake cut a good promo uh, earlier in the show as well, talking about that it doesn't matter if it's the national champion or the world championship. He he's he's the gold will be around his waist eventually. So, you know, and I love I love Eli Drake. He's. Uh, Even though I wasn't an instant fan of his when I first saw him in in TNA back in 2015, Uh, but eventually he grew on me and I became a big fan of his, and now I love him. Um, And plus, the few interactions that I've actually had with him on Twitter and Instagram have been very positive, so, you know, cool. And hopefully he will have some NWA gold around his waist in the near future. Uh, and then we arrived at uh the main event which was nick aldis defending the nwa world heavyweight championship against former champion tim storm with the stipulation that if tim storm loses he will never again be able to challenge for the nwa champ- world heavyweight championship um and not just you know like it's not like how you know, like it is for other companies like you can't challenge as long as i'm champion you know it's just period you can't challenge for the ch- championship anymore and then this one was a very, very good match, a very good hard-hitting match, and I do realize that I've said hard-hitting a lot on this podcast, but I'm not a damn thesaurus, so this this is what you get. Both men told a great story that, to me, leaves you on the edge of your seat for several times throughout. Um, had a good spot with a uh, Nick Aldis uh, valet, uh, Camille. Uh, where she got a nice little clothesline that looked like it hurt, but if you've seen her, if you've seen her, she's fucking beast, and my God, is she gorgeous? Uh, yeah, I tweeted that out and posted it on Instagram, and she liked both of those. So you know, I like when I get noticed by by the wrestlers. Um, but yeah, uh, the win would ultimately go to Nick Aldis retaining the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and Tim Storm. Never again being able to challenge for it, which sucks for him, but yeah, again, it was a great story being told, and I enjoyed the match very much, and I am very optimistic going forward with this show. I mean, this was a great premiere episode for NWA Power, and I am all in for this going forward. I really am. And I have to say, William Patrick Corgan, or Billy Corgan, as he's more commonly known, It's probably the best thing to happen to tna in a very long time since since he became owner of the organization they've been on quite a resurgence and this show proves how much of a resurgence that they are on and i absolutely love it i love that i have another wrestling program that i get to watch and now now almost my entire week is booked with wrestling shows i mean on sundays i have ring of honor that airs on the local abc channel for me mondays i have raw Tuesdays, I now have NWA Power and AEW Dark. On Wednesdays, I have NXT and AEW Dynamite. Fridays, I have SmackDown. And Saturdays, I have Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. That airs on U2 America on where I live. So, yeah. You know, all I need is a wrestling show on Thursdays. And then, and then I'm good. I got wrestling seven days a week. Uh, I mean, I love it. I love it very much. I am a, you all know already, I am a lifelong wrestling fan. So, bring on all the wrestling all the time. Give it, give it, give, all, give me all the wrestling. <laughs> I love it. And I can't wait to see more of AWA power going forward. And that, my friends, does it for this edition of the Men and podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to what I have to say. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, please be sure to check out the... Podcasts, like I said, have coming up on Tuesday, where I'm going to recap the second night of the and final night of the WWE draft, recapping what who goes where on that show. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, besides that one, I'm not sure what else I got coming next week. As far as like a regular podcast next Friday, uh, but you know. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at @ian_foss to to get those updates, and also please check out my retro film reviews for *The Lion King*, *Masters of the Universe*, *Avengers: Baron Munchausen*, my worst to best ranking of the Spider-Man films and the Batman films, uh, my classic wrestling pay-per-views, reviewing uh, *Bad Blood in Your House* from 1997, uh, my check out my review of the Joker film and other movie reviews that I have on there such as *Halloween 2018* and *Avengers: Endgame*, *Fighting with My Family*, *Captain Marvel*, *Dark Phoenix*, the *Lion*. King, 2019, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, but yeah, and also don't forget to subscribe to the Men Tides podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And like I said, follow me on Twitter at Foxtitude for all your podcast information. Follow me on Instagram at Fotsitude for fun pictures that I post on there, and follow me on Vero to enjoy everything that I post on there, because I post quite a variety of things. And you know, show your support for the podcast donating on Patreon, my little hall of justice. It's only five dollars a month. the uh, link to that will be in the description. And you know, check out my podcast store. I have several shirts and stickers and other little bits of artwork on there. Description to that. Link to that is in the description. And as always, thank you all so much for tuning in and for subscribing. And I love and appreciate every single one of you. Who do. I truly and genuinely do, and I hope your weekend is an awesome one, and that your coming this coming week will be even better for you. Um, Bless you all. Yes, I've, I've said God bless you all. Uh, this has been the monetized Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time. Bye.